Yes, it is Tuesday, September 27. Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. Eels co-captain Clint Gutherson coming up shortly ahead of the biggest game of his life. Penrith, Parramatta, GF Sunday night. Uh, what about this little story on the text line, Loz? Keep the text coming, by the way. 0419767272. Does Laurie rem- remember when Mike Sivo played on the wing for the Gundagai Tigers and broke the heart of the Junie Diesels in the 2015 Grand Final, says Dog on Tucker Box sending that one in. I do remember that because I was there. I was watching the game and uh, Junie tried hard, but uh, Sivo had a big game. He had a, a barnstorming year that year for Gundagai. He was scoring tries left, right and centre. Um, but they found him over in Fiji and they asked him to come and play for, for Gundagai and he did that. And I remember watching that game and saw this powerful winger and he's gone on and made a wonderful career and a fist of his opportunity. But yeah, he was just too good for Junie on that day. Um, and there's so many sort of wonderful stories in grand final week. And Marcus Sivo is another one, you know, a Fijian winger, came out here for an opportunity, played in the bush and then got picked up. I think he might have went to Penrith first. Yeah, he did. And then played lower grades there and then found a home with the Eels. So that's an, another sort of Penrith player that uh, is looking to come up against his old club in the grand final this weekend. Uh, just on the text line, uh, we're a lot of debate about what the Eels should do, particularly with their bench when the team's announced later this afternoon. Uh, Stacey says, Panthers played last week only two forwards, one hooker and a half with little minutes. Cowboys last weekend for a while... Uh, played uh, played three forwards in the hammer as a back, playing very little minutes. What's the difference with Eels' rotation? Nothing with J.A., Jake Arthur, that is, on the bench. All positions covered. They've been doing it for over a year now. People forget Eels may have a loss last year's semi due to no specialist dummy half. Um, no one could pass, i.e. Stone. J.A. can pass and has been used as a dummy half. He can also defend. In B.A., I trust. Go those eels, you, says you, Stacey. You know the thing that's so it's so hard, because if it wasn't Brad Arthur's son, whatever way he went, um, yeah, there might be a little bit of criticism, but if he does pick his son and he doesn't play a huge part in the game and para lose, then it's ridiculous, but he's going to cop a lot more criticism for it, Brad Arthur. It's such a tough predicament to be in, and and I actually feel for, again, part of me sits here and thinks, you know what, go with whatever you want, Brad Arthur. He's been criticised the whole whole season, and he's now sitting in a grand final, so he's just got to back himself himself and go with whatever he thinks is best. Yeah, you've got to be ruthless in your decision-making grand final week. He's got a number of tough decisions to make. One's Tom Opacek, whether you allow him to play or not, and if there's... Any doubt at all, you've just got to make the tough call and take it out of the kids' hands and say, mate, we're not confident that you'll get through the 80 minutes. Um, and that's a difficult conversation. And then it will come down to the bench as well. You know, that fourth player, the utility role, look, they may not get any football. That's the thing. You know that that may not happen or, or it may happen. The fact that they just don't get any game time at all. And Against Penrith, though, Loz, really? Do you, do you think that's? It, it, do you think Penrith can beat uh, Parry can beat Penrith with sixteen? I oh, look, look, me personally, I, yeah. I'd go a different way. Yeah, you wouldn't pick the same seventeen as I, last game. I, I would go. I would go with the four forwards on the bench. Yeah, okay. So and I'd who, use and, uh, and I'd use my Bryce Cartwright as a guy so that I just hold, I, I'd, I'd hold him back just to see what happened. 
Yeah, okay. So you, you and, get, and then you're I'm thinking, Arthur. yeah, and I'm I'm thinking that we'll be up for the game, and it's going to come down to the last couple of moments and ten or fifteen minutes. And if I need someone to be able to produce something for me, if I need that, who's going to do it for me? Is it going to be Bryce or is it going to be Jake? That that's that's how I'm thinking. Yeah, but okay. I'm I'm going with a Brown. I'm going with a Kafusi. I'm going with a Madison off the bench, and then I'm having that bloke just kept in reserve, just in case. And he mightn't get on. He, he, he mightn't get on. But who if I would, need to use him, Penrith? I'd be more confident that Cartwright could find me something. Yeah. Who would Pen- Penrith least like to run out onto that field? I think that's Brad Arthur's question to himself. Who would they least like to see out there? That, that's what it comes down to. Gutho, good morning. Good morning, man. How are we? <laughs> Gutho, pick the Panthers 17 for us. A couple of a couple of older boys. <laughs> Describe how tough that win against North Queensland was, Gutho. The commitment you showed and and what it took out of you all as well. Um, yeah, it was massive. Um, obviously down eight with uh, about fifteen to go. Uh, a lot of people probably didn't give us a chance to sort of crawl back and 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 win it and and hold on. But um, look, it was very gritty and um, a lot didn't go away. With none of the stats went our way. We completed poorly in that first half, and um, we made it a lot harder than uh, we wanted it to. But uh, we, all we needed to do was stay in and um, get it to the end of that game and and be up, and and that's what we did. And um, at the end of the game, you, you were pretty pretty spent. It was it was very warm compared to down here. And uh, look, we we went up there to get the job done, and that's what we um, we did. And we can enjoy this week now. And, and look forward to Sunday. Yeah, Gutho, what's the start of the week been like? As you mentioned, warm up there. Players look like they're from both teams out on their feet. So I'd imagine this week's huge on recovery focus. What's it been like at the start of the week? Yeah, it's been pretty relaxed to be honest. Um, we we flew back straight away after the game, which was which was handy. So you're in your own bed by uh, we. I think we landed about two o'clock. So um, you, yeah, it's hard to sleep after a game anyway. So you get mm. back in your own bed, you get a bit of a sleep in and. Uh, we started on Sunday with a bit of recovery, and um, again yesterday was very light. We we get an extra session in this week compared to what we've we've been doing, so we just got moving and we had a bit of a fan day. So um, it was just to kickstart the week, and um, as you said, it was just about recovery now, and um, we get today off to again to recover and and get away from the game, and um, then we get back into it Wednesday and, and start our prep. So um, it, it did t- take a lot out of us on the weekend, but. Uh, uh, again, we get a long turnaround and we can get ready to go. You mentioned get away from the game. I would imagine that's going to be uh, easier for the senior players uh, that have played, you know, whether it be uh, Origin or played for their country and had experience in, in big games like this. What 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 do the young guys do, mate? How do they find a way to, even for an hour, just not think about footy? Because I, I know that feeling when you've you got a World Cup final or a big Ashes Test match, it is just in your brain 24-7 and you've got to be careful not to play the game before it actually happens. Yeah, exactly. And um, that we sort of, we try try and leave them to themselves and um, especially the young kids. Our young kids are, are pretty easy going, but uh, this game will definitely, you, it plays on your mind, as you said, yeah. that even even for the big games, it's always there. Even if you even if you think you're away from it, it's going to be there. But yeah. uh, I think a lot of them are, are just going to go go play some golf, get away from it, and and, and just try their best to keep it. You you got to you got to embrace it. It's um, mm. uh, that's something I've always wanted to do. You always embrace these big moments, Origin, uh, things like that. You you got to think about it. But 
It's just about not playing it. It's just building it slowly and, and to try and peak it um, at the right time on Sunday. But um, it, it's just about you just go hang out with other people that, that don't really care for the game. And um, I'm lucky enough, I've got a lot of mates that, that don't really care what happens in footy. And uh, they're, they're happy to just talk about something else and, and talk about what they're doing. So it's just about that balance and, and trying to enjoy it as well. Mitch Moses, I, I, I think he handled himself extremely well uh, all through last week and even after his performance on Saturday night because he went through a, a range of different emotions. It was difficult at the start of the week and then the excitement of the birth of his child and not being there for it and to go out there and play you know, the way that he did and help your side to a victory. I, I thought he handled himself with class and it's going to be an easier week for him this week. Uh, in the build-up to the grand final. But but how was he the day of the game, Gutho? Yeah, he was good. Um, as you said, it was a bit of a roller coaster of emotions for him um, over the last probably 10 days. And um, he, he, I just could, you couldn't really put into words what he was going through because um, you, you think about um, the, the timing of it. We're up in Queensland, which is pretty rare for a prelim. We're away from his family. We're away from all that. And um, it, for, for game day, he was just sitting around and, and sort of trying to relax, and, and he was just on FaceTime with his partner and um, with her parents, and um, just his presence out on the field. And uh, yeah. we always knew he was going to play. We always knew that he wanted to come in if, if it came down to it. And um, just he, he probably didn't have the best game that he wanted to, but his presence on the field gives a lot of people confidence. And uh, we knew that we had to go out there and uh, make it special for him. But uh, look, he's as you said, he, he's got probably got an easier week this week to to be able to prepare and, and do what he needs to do. Gusso, um, a lot of talk around your 17, um, who you're going to pick. How hard is it, from your perspective, to change a winning team? Oh, look, it's, it is it is difficult. Um, we, we've done it the last couple of weeks. We, we brought Bryce in last week, and um, I think, as a coach, it's probably the hardest decisions you'll, you'll probably ever have. And um, You've got to do what you need to do and you've got to pick your 17 that you think is going to go out there and win and um, us as a captain as uh, me as a captain and as players that's what you need you, whatever the 17 uh, Brad picks we're going to go out there and try and do a job and um, again this week it's going to be exactly the same whatever he uh, whenever he announces that team and, and tells people um, that they're playing or not playing and um, you, you just got to buy into that and, and whatever whatever is picked we have to go out there and do a job so um, it's out of it, the sort of the players' control, and um, we, we just got to back Brad and the coaching staff with the decision they make. How much input will you have into the team that's picked, Gutho? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, uh, look, uh, as I said, I'll back Brad to whatever seven eighty picks and um, whatever the staff pick. He's obviously going to ask you what, what your thoughts are, but look, at the end of the day, he picks the team, and uh, we go out there and try and try and win the game. So. Um, that's that's all that matters for us, and we're just looking forward to the week ahead. It seems like that's been the way you've used your rotation all season. That 17th bloke, Gutho, is there just in case something happens to a key position player. Um, they don't get a lot of minutes, but they're just there just in case something happens to your halves or hooker. Yeah, I think uh, with, with Jake on the bench at the moment, he, he covers a range of positions for us, and um, we saw in the a uh, couple of times where Mitchell Dill went down, he just stepped straight into the halves, and you're not you're not changing three or four positions to to sort of um, change that. And I think a lot of teams do the same. I think Penrith have Jamin Salmon there that that is is, is very similar. He can play um, anywhere in the in the back line and in the forwards. So um, just that that extra player on the bench to cover a range of positions, and in these big games, that's what you need. But 
Um, whatever 17 Brad picks, we're going to go out there and, and try and get the win. Has your high school PE teacher come asking for tickets yet, Gutho? <laughs> I've had I've had a range of messages from um from, from from some people and there was a lot of tickets. I think um I think there was a bit of a glitch in the ticket system or something on the weekend too. So I think a few extra Parramatta fans might have got some tickets, which is a bonus. Mm. So what what are you expecting, uh, Gutho? Then grand final night against Penrith. I mean, uh, you know, we're sitting here, we're trying to analyse the game, and we're talking about you know Penrith's strengths and if there are any weaknesses, what are they? But one thing we do know is that you and the wingers will be tested at some stage with these bombs from Nathan Cleary. So what have you done this week to try and counter that? Yeah, look, you, you saw again on the weekend and last time we played them, he just tosses them up and uh, he puts them right in the spot where there's only one chance of one person catching it. And again on the weekend, he, he kicked the Rabbitohs to death. And um, look, these are the challenges you want as a fullback. And uh, yeah, you just have to you just have to be confident. Um the more confident you are going up for the ball, the, the more chance you you are going to catch it. So uh, we'll have to do some work this week. And uh, as I said, yesterday was a bit of a walkthrough. So we'll get to work tomorrow on a, on Wednesday. We've played these guys five times this year, so we know exactly what's coming. And um, we're just looking forward to the challenge and um, trying to trying to find a weakness in, in some of his kicks. How do you get confidence in that? Gutho, like you look at Wonga, ba- Wonga Blake, and if I felt for him the other night, and he can go and catch, you know, four hundred footies at training over the next few days, but it hasn't got that game pressure, and I'd imagine times it by a thousand when it comes to a grand final. How does he, in this short space of time, get that confidence back to to just have a crack at it? Yeah, I think he's just got to. That's it. You just got to have a crack. And um, look, we've we've always said this year, you'd rather go up for it and drop it and. And not let it bounce, and and then we just try and defend that next set and and get back in the game. But look, it's always going to be hard. And uh, is probably the first to admit he hasn't had the best couple of couple of weeks uh, against Penrith, and um, he dropped one on the weekend. But hmm. look, we just got to be able to defend it. If things do go wrong, it's a game of footy. Things are going to go wrong, and um, look, we just have to back that he's he's been doing a great job. He's got us this far, and uh, we just got to be able to back that he's going to he's going to make the big plays, and um, that's all we can hope for. Nathan Cleary always gets mentioned, but what about Dylan Edwards at the back, your direct opposition, you know, the fullback for, for Penrith? He's been outstanding, and one of his strengths is his ability to return the ball and then late in the tackle count to be able to carry the ball and, you know, get a fast play the ball for Cleary to, to kick off the back of. How, how important is trying to nullify and limit the yardage game from their back five? Yeah, he's been enormous for them. And again on the weekend, I think he had his, he had a thirty carries for over two hundred and fifty, three hundred meters, and um, they rely heavily on their back three to to get him out of the, get him out of trouble. And uh, they sort of go one after uh, one after another, and um, and they're already 30, 40, 50 meters up the field, and and then their forwards are on the front foot already, and and then they kicking off the back of them. So um, to be able to try and nullify and kick into those dead corners and. Um, to try and limit the metres they can do is is everyone's goal. But we can see how good they are at it. They 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 just make you do it for 80 minutes, and, and if you sort of sway away from it for a second, they make you pay. And then um, Edwards is having two a set, and uh, he's been doing it for a long time. He's been doing it for two, three, four years. I think he's he's probably only getting his recogni- uh, recognition now. And uh, he's a, he's a quality player. There's a lot of quality 
fullbacks out there, and he, he's up there with some of the best. So mm. uh, we just got to be at our best and and try and limit. You're not going to take him out of the game. It's just about trying to limit what he can do and and what what our forwards can do to him. Gutho, you had a taste yesterday with the fan day of you know what this obviously means to to your fans, but for yourself and the club, you know, there's been some hard times at this club. Uh, in in the time that you've been there, what does this mean for you to be playing in a grand final and the opportunity to win a premiership on Sunday night? Yeah, it's obviously uh, massive, and uh, I've rolled, jumped on the roller coaster for seven or eight years now at Parramatta, and we've come last. We've been in the top four, we've been in the top eight. It's it's just a whirlwind, and um, the fans ride it just as much as we do as players. And uh, I think we had about five thousand fans there that that rocked up just to watch us sort of play a few games and get the legs moving and. Uh, you could just feel the buzz from them that how excited they were, and uh, they were just looking forward to Sunday. And uh, look, we, as I said um, previously, we just got to be able to enjoy the week, um, try and build it up perfectly. So, so we're raring to go on Sunday, and then we just want to go out there and play our game with no regrets. I said it the last couple of weeks. We, you, you want to play your footy, and um, you just need to be there in the 80th minute to give yourself a chance. So that's all we're hoping to do, and uh, just to yeah, again enjoy the week and and see what we can do. What do you take out of that? first final that you lost to Parramatta, Gutho. Did you come away with that going, right, we, we, we know exactly what we need to do now if we get another chance against them? Or did you walk away thinking they were just too good? What was your, your mindset after that game? No, we, we, we definitely wanted another crack at them. It's, um, we, we didn't play anywhere near the footy we wanted to play. We probably tried to make it a little bit too personal and um, go after go after it a little bit too much and, and not play as a team and um, we were in it till probably 65 minutes in, and um, we we lost Mitchell and and sort of uh, they went back to back and and blew out the score. But um, that they they proved to us how how you got to play a finals game. You got to be you got to be right on your right on your game for 80 minutes, and that's what they did. And um, since then we we sort of we've we've built to try and get another crack at them, and um, it it turned out that we do, and uh, it's on the biggest sort of day of the year, and and we're just looking forward to going out there and, and trying to be the team we want to be. Well, Gutho, we say good luck with this message as well from one of our listeners. Gutho, Chriso, Albion Park, mate, para lifelong brother. On behalf of all para fans, just win, baby. Enjoy the week. <laughs> Enjoy the game. Have fun. Cheers, mate. Appreciate, obviously, all the time you've given us throughout the year and ahead of the biggest game of your life. For your sake, I hope it's the best night of your career as well. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And, um, enjoy the week as well. Thank you. Good Thanks on so you, Gutho. All well, the best, Gutho. mate. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast in the UEFA Nations League this morning. 3-3 England and Germany in a pulsating match there at Wembley. Italy went to Hungary and won 2-0. Uh, last night, the Opals beat Canada 75-72 after being 14 points down at one stage during the second quarter. Great fight back and victory, and they play again tonight. A huge game against Japan. So uh, they're trying to sneak into the top two. If Serbia can beat France, top two in their group would be ideal. And uh, you just want to try and avoid playing the United States for as long as possible in that World Cup because uh, they beat South Korea by 76 points last night, 145 to 69. That is a World Cup scoring record. We've got Panthers great and Brisbane assistant coach John Cartwright coming up shortly. 
as we look ahead to the grand final on Sunday evening, of course. Just this text. Hey, guys, listening to Gutho has resulted in me having a good old cry. So happy for us to finally get the chance to give the comp a good crack. Love you, Gutho. I'll be there screaming my lung, lungs out for you, says Donster, sending that one in. And just on the the issue of ticket slots, Paul Gallon, I see he's written on the Wide World of Sports website, the amount of people he talks about coming out of the woodwork Wanting tickets can be a major hassle for the players and how it's important to have a good support system around you. I mean, what, what are your, what, how do you recall the distractions of Grand Final? Oh, mate, it's amazing. Please. It's just amazing. Clark, he'll be able to tell you My because God. more recently he's been involved, but we were going back years ago. And you only got allocated a couple of tickets, but mm. then to try and get but them. And you, you're a huge family. You, oh, you had. Mate, well, yeah. you, you would have a bit of a nightmare well, for you. You just can't. You try to get them. Yeah. I mean, you try and get your teammate and say, mate, how many are you using? Yeah. All that type of stuff. You try and swap, trade, trade and whatever. <laughs> Beg. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a nightmare. But mm. you, you try and please everyone and try and get everyone a ticket. In the end, you do, but it's... It's an absolute nightmare. And Gal is right. You can spend a couple of days trying to fix it all up. Mm. Mate, you can spend a couple of grand trying to fix it all up. Mm. That was the easy... At the end of my career, it was easier just to ring Cricket Australia, buy your 20 tickets, because Cricket Australia wouldn't give you one spare ticket. There's only 20,000 at the MCG that seats 100, and you couldn't get one spare ticket from really? them. Mate, they were the greatest tight asses on the planet. <laughs> well, Seriously, what, yeah. well the ra- Raiders. So it was easy good. just the to Raiders buy them. Were good. They'd always find your tickets. Mm. You might have you might have had to buy them, but they'd always yeah. be able to find them for you. You know, but it, it's it's amazing how many tickets you got to get. Oh, it's mm. amazing how many cousins, second cousins, you find <laughs> out you got when you got like a, a final World Cup final. Yeah, mate, I never met you before. Well, what, no, we're related. I was about to ask you. Can you, can you tell us hey, the most random uh, request you've ever been given that, for a ticket? Was, no, that was the truth. I, I, I remember my mum calling me to say, oh, um, I can't remember their name. Oh, I've just had a phone call from Aunt such and such. They're your second cousin. They're big cricket fans. Have you got two tickets for her and her husband? I'm like, Mum, my second cousin that, I, that I've just met at 34 years of age. No, I don't have two spare tickets. Hey, unbelievable. Oh, I know what you're going through. But it, oh. Obviously, it's got worse over time, mm. too, because they've cut back on the allocation mm. to players. Um, but... I, I think it was two or four. I, I can't remember. Yeah, how many, we were how four. Many, how many tickets you actually got? It was uh, it was minimum, uh, minimal amount. But then you had to go and buy. But then you had to. Yeah. Well, you ask suck up around. your teammates. Yeah, uh, say to your teammates, mate, mate, you with your teammates. <laughs> Anyone from WA? The games in Sydney, like, ah, oh, Marshy, uh, come here, buddy. Make it off your four. And don't worry. I'll give you mine when we go to Perth. You got to play you it smart, everything. though. You got to realise who's got big families and who yeah. hasn't, and then go straight away. Yeah. So no one came to you. No, no one had come to me. No, <laughs> well, I couldn't. I just had too many. Oh. Jeez. John, good morning. Good morning, boys. Uh, how many tickets did you have to beg, <laughs> borrow and steal for back in 91? Oh, mate, yeah. It's funny, I heard you said you guys talking about it. It brought back a lot of memories. I, I know we, we were very fortunate. Gus uh, had been in... Well, we'd never been in that situation at Penrith, but Gus had uh, over the years, and he was he was right on top of it. Uh, and he, he sort of... He somehow had a way, if we needed another 10 tickets, he'd find them from somewhere. So 
We were so wish, bad, but wish oh, Gus played cricket. <laughs> 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 they come out of the woodwork, though, Cardi. Oh, mate, he, he was good. He just didn't ask where he got them from. That was all. <laughs> <laughs> I think he knew a good printer. <laughs> uh, uh, well, of course, Penrith beat your son Jed's buddies there. Where do you where do you think this Penrith team rates, John, amongst I guess the teams of the last twenty thirty years? I, they're going to be up near the best. Uh, you, you look at just look at the amount of games they've lost over the last three years. I know they they lost one grand final there, um, and they've won one, and they're, they're through to another one. Just, just to get to, you know, we all know how hard it is to get to one, but to get to three, and I was talking to a guy the other day about how many games they've lost over the last three years, and, mm. and the only one they really have lost is when they go through that origin period. Outside that, it's only one or two games over three years, which, yeah, it's absolutely, it's just phenomenal. It's, it's, mm. it's, 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 their winning record is, is enormous. And they're, they're, they really have to go down along with the Roosters in Melbourne as the, as the team of, the, you know, probably the last 10 years. And not only that, Cardi, they, they rested a lot of players in that last game of the season too. So, you know, up there in, in Townsville. So they haven't lost many games and they've been a terrific club for the last three years and had a lot of success. But when you watch them play and no doubt you analyse them very heavily and scrutinise them heavily when you're uh, coaching for the Broncos this year, have they got weaknesses in their team? They don't really. They play a, a, a really, really simple game coming out of their own end. And if you if you watch them closely, they you know they, they use their, their their wingers and their centres. And, and Dylan Edwards, you know, he's, he's for me, he's probably the best player in the game at the moment. He's mm. not only scoring tries and making yards and giving his forwards a rest. The amount of tries that he saves, it's you know I, I think he's probably the best player in the game at the moment. Um, it, it just enables their forwards and their, especially their big middle forwards to, to just uh, take a spell, get their breath back, be fresh and then when they get the ball up the other end now they roar up the line it's a pretty simple game that they play but it, they do it better than anyone and, and they've got better players you know, in those positions to do the job but Toho is, he's, he's up over his 200 metres every week it's, yeah, there's some little stats in the game that you can break down and you look at it at the end and if you win the running metres, you generally win the game. And, and Penrith's so good at those running metres. And then when you add to that, Nathan Cleary's kicking game. Um, you know, it's it's a really, really... They're a tough side to defend to. Um, and they're also just so hard to break down. John, you see it in sport, though, so often. The underdog just finds a way on that one given day. So, again, all the experts continue to talk, and rightly so, talk about this Penrith team. Like, they've got the opportunity. They win another grand final here to to be one of the great teams. But does this not present the perfect opportunity for Para? They've had so much pressure on them the whole season, so much expectation for them to make the GF. Now can they not just walk out with freedom and say, you know what? Penrith are expected to win this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think out of all the sides, they, they do have a game that can beat Penrith. They're, they're yeah. not a totally overstructured side. So it, yeah. they are hard to plan for. Like, if you watch them closely, they really they, they play sideline to sideline. They stand their wingers right on the sideline. So they try and get in the opposition's head a little bit. Um, the, I, I love the 5-8, the way he's playing. Um, yeah. 
Moses is probably in career best form. Uh, Gillard and uh, Paulo, I think, again, there is there is that they're going to cancel each other out. Uh, mm. Those middles, um, but Para, I'll just say, you know, they needed to score thirty points to win the other night, and they found a way to do it. Mm. I think that's their attitude that they don't they're not overstructured. They play what they see. Uh, and they back themselves, you know. They 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 back themselves to score points. So I really think out of anyone that they have got a game that can beat Penrith, and, and they're playing full of confidence at the moment. Yeah, I do too, Cardi. And I think the more they offload the ball, the better. I, I think that can unsettle good defensive systems. And I think Parramatta, the way they start the game when they charge onto the ball and they run hard, and then they create an offload off the back of that. I think that's their best chance of winning. Yeah, and mate, they get those offloads because the the, the, the width they, they they stand. You know, they 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 wing is nearly out near the grandstand sometimes. They, they just fill the field in, which just forces you as a defensive line just to get a little bit more space in your line. And and that's you know that's where they create a few of those offloads. And mate, that that's one thing that no matter how good a defensive side you are, it it, it can really you know, pulls you apart. It, it, it catches you. you. You know, you've got to stay up and chase, and then there might be another offload, and, and away it goes again. So, it's, so I do think they have a game that can um, that can worry Penrith, but um, you know, I think they've got to find a way to, to put Penrith off their game as well because they're, they're just you know so system life. And once they get in the groove, which they did against South the other night in the second half, they you know it just becomes second nature to them. We're speaking with Penrith Club great and Brisbane assistant coach John Cartwright. And, John, plenty of debate this morning about the 17 that Brad Arthur will go with uh, on Sunday night. Can you envisage him making changes? Uh, I don't think he'd be scared to make a change. I think he's proven all year that he'll he'll go with a side that he thinks he needs to have to beat Penrith. Um, That was so good against... Yeah, that that was a big win up there against the Cowboys. Uh, you know, the state of state of origin type atmosphere at home. You know, it was a genuine home semi. Uh, really hot conditions. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, it, it'd be a it'd be a brave move, I think, to make um, any sort of changes in the side. But again, if, I think if he sees some by some individual that can make some sort of difference, I think he's shown that he's he's not scared to make a change when he has to, especially. Um, in a side that is, well, they've won their last two big games. Obviously, potentially a great moment for your nephew Bryce as well. There is some debate whether you know he could uh, lose his spot in the seventeen uh, today. But uh, what have you made of his contributions? Yeah, it's been great for Bryce. He's, you know, the Parramatta's back near home. He's with his mum and dad. He's, he's, he's got his life um, in, in pretty good shape, and they've been a club that you know have been good enough to give him a chance. So. He forced his way into the side through... Um, he, he's played a fair bit of um, the lower grade there at Parramatta, but his form's been really good there, and he's, he forced his way into the side uh, through form. Uh, <coughs> Brad, he's a little bit different the way he used his bench, you know, and I think he decides who his best 13 is, and he keeps them out there as long as he possibly can. So there's a lot of the coaches will go in with a plan and, you know, they'll, they'll play a front row for 20 and then you know, bring him on for the final 20. And that. Because I think you'll find Paulo and Gillard and you know, the back rowers will play 80 minutes. Uh, the, the two big front rowers who are his guns, they'll play 
60, 65 minutes if they're not injured. So the bench players at, at Parra don't get an enormous um, opportunity, but that's why I think Bryce is perfect. You know, if, you, if you're looking for a try, you know, if you're down by eight or you're down by four and, and you need someone that can just provide something a little bit different, I think he's, he's the perfect player for them. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on top of the head there, Cardi. I, I think everyone uses their bench differently and they have to now have you know, most things covered because HIAs are now an important part of the game and you can lose players at different uh, moments of time. But that they're sort of, and I know Parramatta do it a little bit differently, but, you know, you always sort of have that one bloke there spare, really, don't you? And you sometimes it's hard and difficult to get him game time. It is, mate. You've got to, you know, the, the biggest one you've got to cover, and people, I often people hear, um, I think you and I have spoken about this in the past, that if you lose your halfback in the first five minutes and you, and you don't have some cover on the bench, you get that's just such a big blow to your team, you know. You're the central part of your side. So you need someone there, especially if you use the way the bench break. You know, the, you know he doesn't. So if a guy, you've got a guy there covering your half or fullback and he doesn't get a run, well, it's just so be it. You know, the other two are out there because he thinks they're a better men for the job. So you leave them there, you know. And if But if you lose one early through a head knock or, you know, some sort of injury... It's such a great thing to be able to throw a halfback out there for a halfback, and you know, I think that's that, that's quite smart. And it, you know, some people say, "Oh, well, what's, what's the point of him being there if you don't use him?" Well, you don't use him because you don't need to use him. John, plenty of fallout naturally from the Penrith Souths game there on Saturday night, and you've shown, I guess, your annoyance at at the trainer Pete Green. Uh, apparently sledging your son Jed, which the Panthers have denied. But are you confident the NRL will look into this and take action? Uh, mate, I'm not sure. I, I was really comfortable with the way um, Jed dealt with it. He, where I was sitting, and, he, and I saw him walk over, and I thought he was just going to um, shake hands because I know he worked with him when he was at Penrith, and he, and he did have some words with him, and he, and he left it at that. He, he walked away. He said he said his piece, and he walked away. And then Cody, uh, I think Cody's had some some history there, maybe in the past. I'm not sure, but he was in the area of the vicinity of what was said, and Cody's a, a, a fiery sort of fellow. And that's where that's where it sort of came from. I, I'm happy for it to end, mate. I, I I just I just think it's wrong that you know if you haven't got a pair of boots and a jumper on, mm. you can go out there and yeah. dry a player up. I don't I don't you know whether it's Jed, my son, or, or whether it's anyone. I just I, I don't think it's the trainer's job. I, I, I certainly know Ron Palmer wouldn't go out there. He knows his job, you know. And if there was an opposition player down there, Ronnie would go in and try and help the opposition player out. You know, and that, that, that's your job as a, you know, in when you wear one of those blue or orange shirts, you, you, you've got a job to do, and it's to keep the players hydrated and keep them healthy and, and get them off the field and need to be. I don't think a player needs to be um, riled or sledged from a, from another train. I think that. that that can just cause um, drama, which is, which is probably in the end of the day it did. If it was Ronnie, he'd be telling an ordinary joke. Well, he'd <laughs> it, it, it bore him to death with one of his jokes, or, uh, or I've seen him nearly get hit by the ball half a dozen times, Ron, because he's, he's uh, got his mind somewhere where it shouldn't be. But yeah, but he's a little bit different here, Ronnie, isn't he? He is. He is. I still remember Ronnie. Uh, in an Origin game once, and it, he, he did it so well. He was running out onto the field, and there was a penalty. 
and the way he was able to sort of just run, but in one stride just turned and looked up at the bench and looked at the bench saying, go for two. And then he turned back around and told the players to go for the two. It was just beautiful work by the great man. (laughs) He never lost stride. What what did they used to call him? Who was the horse we used to call him? What was the... Uh, Luskin. Luskin star. (laughs) He had the big mane ready to go, roll Ronster. I reckon he would have had a little peek up at the big screen as well to see how he was looking. <laughs> he would have been able to watch, see how tidy shorts were. Oh, they were small shorts. Uh, John, really appreciate your time this morning. No, thanks very much, boys. Brad Davidson, very good morning to you. Have we got Davo there? No, we're struggling. We'll try and get him shortly. Looks like our uh, little system's just having a bit of a meltdown. While we get Davo, lots, how about this? Foxy Cleopatra. Now, Unfortunately, not in for Wednesday no. anymore. So it's in for a maiden over 1,765 at Geelong on Thursday. It's in for Mooney Valley Friday night over yep. the mile. It's in for the Tab Edward Manifold on Saturday as well. I mean, you have more options than well, dead set a buffet. It's about having options. It's about picking the right opportunity, the right race for Hermiter. As I said, we're taking extreme care with her because she is the next big thing of racing. What about us, though? I'll You're let not you know. thinking about us. No, I'll let you know. I've said, and I'll continually say this, when I give the signal, it's we game will on. go. On that note, Brad Davidson, morning. We've got you now. Good morning, guys. How are we going? Yeah, really well, thanks. What did you make of that performance by Jack and O in the Golden Rose? And does it deserve now to be on the third line of betting, along with a few others, to be fair, for the Tab Everest? Yeah, morning, yeah. Well, look, it, uh, it was a sen- sensational win, wasn't it, guys? There's no doubt about it. Um, she, that last 200 metres in particular was so strong through the line. And I think that'd be silly not to have a crack at, at the Tab Everest. He's that... X Factor, different form horse we've been looking for, and the overall time out of the race was good. We've seen it used as a lead up with yes, yes, yes. Of course, ran second in this race, and and then run and then won the Everest, of course. And we see these three year olds always run so well in the race. So I think it's got to be a, almost a lock to be in the race. To be honest, there's, there's horses that are being considered to be in the race that just uh, aren't going to be as good a chance as him. To be quite frank, so. Uh, yeah, I'd be shocked if, he, if he's not there now on uh, in there and um, it's got to be a terrific chance, you would imagine. How good was alligator blood in the underwood, Dover? Yeah, good, Lars. It ended up being a bit of a, a sprint home, that race, which really suited alligator blood. But all honours, at the end of the day, when you make your own luck up on speed, then um, you're always going to be hard to, to run down. And that was the case. Uh, Timmy Clark rated the horse beautifully out in front and wasn't able to be caught, and I think it's fair to say there were a few disappointing runs in the race. Uh, Zaki was a bit plain for me on Thunderstruck, um, loomed up and peaked on the run. I thought the ride was a, just too negative on I'm Thunderstruck. I thought they took too long to get into the race. Um, Mr. Brightside was obviously disappointing, and Moanga was the one who really hit the line strongly late. He was the best at last 200 off that slow tempo, so he looks to be too back on track, no doubt about that, but uh, all on is alligator blood, but jury out to some degree on, on Zaki and on Thunderstruck and Mr. Brightside after that. What are you following out of the weekend? Oh, look, I think there's a, a few there we can follow out of the weekend, guys. Fyburn, I think one of them. I, I believe she's going to back up in the flight stakes this week. I know that T-Rose is notoriously the race for the uh, the flight stakes, but gee, I think she's got the flight stakes written all over her, particularly with this rain forecast this week. 
Sartonte has had no luck whatsoever. She's a horse to, to follow in these mares races as well. So Fireburn, though, the one, the main one to follow me uh, for this weekend in particular. Anyone in the sin bin and who should we forgive? Yeah, Similian and Nasturtium will, will throw in the sin bin. Uh, Similian's doing too much wrong and Nasturtium just hasn't made that improvement, this preparation. Forgive, we'll throw in uh, we'll throw in Cote and, and May Rose there, two horses that had no luck whatsoever on the weekend and should have both probably won So in the same race. So anyway, um, yeah, they're, they're flying and, and look well suited in uh, similar races next time out. Barry, draw today for the Tab Epsom. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a great day, isn't it, this weekend? Always love Epsom Day and um, yeah, seeing those final fields and how they come up should be uh, fantastic. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. Sounds good, mate. Have a good day. Cheers, guys.